Hello and welcome to uh, the Weekly Song Podcast. Welcome to a new season of the Weekly Song Podcast. My name is Declan. And my name is Roger. And he definitely does not have a pick in his mouth right now. Um, it's a lie, I do. It, it, it's 100% the truth. I don't know why I tried to deceive you like that. I'm so sorry. Uh, yes, welcome back. New season, season 15 of the Weekly Song Podcast. And if you've never heard what that is before, then congratulations on finding us. Uh, your life is about to get immeasurably worse. Uh, it's a show uh, about songwriting where the two of us each write a song in a week and then bring them to the podcast and dissect them and discuss them and do various fun things with them. Uh, we also play them as well once, but we don't like to talk about that. Uh, Roger, how are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. This is our first in the same room episode in ages. Since the before times, I think. Yeah, because of the pandemic and the lockdowns and stuff, we kind of started doing them remotely and then it became more affordable to do them remotely. But we've been recording an album and Ooh. so we're we're literally... we've. Been recording all day. I can see you. <laughs> I can see you. For the first time in... For the first time in forever. I have not listened to that song in I was thinking as well, there's no chance of Zoom lag. Zero percent chance. Zero percent chance. Like, uh, we don't have to, like, awkwardly retake things because someone dropped out in the middle of a... Oh, no, it's happened. Somehow. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, we've been recording all day today. Yes, we have. Oh, that's been a lot of fun, and I cannot wait for you all to hear the results of that. Uh, for those of you who heard season 14, when we went through the songs that we wrote, because we wrote 14 songs each in February, 28 songs collectively, and we're making an album out of our favourite ones, and we've just been tracking the parts for those today. Yes, and I have to say, I was brilliant, darling. <laughs> You, you were, on the other hand. <laughs> and not so much. <laughs> I joke. I kid, I kid, I kid. It sounds absolutely sick and I cannot wait to have it out into the world. No, it's been fun. Um, for people who are interested, we've been tracking two tracks at a time, which is, which has been really fun because like, you have to like dedicate, you have to like commit to both tracks. So like Declan will be on piano, I'll be on guitar, or I'll be on piano and Declan will be on like, you know, uh, bass or something uh, and we'll just alternate like that. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, but it does mean that you've got to get it right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so for season 15, the plan is just a regular weekly song podcast season. We're writing songs every week. We're bringing them to each other without each other having heard them. And we're going to discuss them and stuff. Yeah, weekly song podcast classic. And I believe it is your go first. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, I will, Just full disclosure, I feel kind of rusty and it's been a while. But I have a song, I have a song, and this uh, this week it's called Afraid of a Thing Called Love. I'm afraid of a thing called love, just listen to the rhythm of my heart. We're going to touch on that later. <laughs> uh, just a little bit of foreshadowing, that's my one thing about the song, I'm like, oh, damn. it's just the of, of a thing called love, there's crazy little thing called love, there's I believe in a thing called love. I wish the refrain wasn't that, but I couldn't find anything else that fits, so... <laughs> Anyway, I'll try and play it to you guys and to you, and yeah, it goes like this. I whisper in the night, tomorrow when it's light, let me see a glimpse of the outside. I can't afford the fare, but I don't even care, I couldn't keep it all on the inside. Tomorrow if it rains from the skies up above, at least we'd have a reason to flee. 
Afraid of being struck when the skies open up And afraid of a thing called love Plates will start to drop I can't afford to buy a replacement I've always felt your gaze And frankly I'm amazed To figure what the look on your face meant And maybe if I always keep my eye on the prize Then nobody can steal it in my sleep I'm really just a coward when the push comes to shove I'm afraid of a thing called love Afraid, afraid of love Afraid of what I'll find I'm afraid of rediscovering The parts I left behind You are the one who came But not the one who stayed I'm afraid of rediscovering The distance that I've made the sirens I can hear reflecting in my ear Are really just the sounds of my ego The best is yet to come, but I'm still holding on This anchor's gonna come wherever we go There's something to the fact that I'm back on my feet That makes me wanna stand up and run Apparently my life's being ruled by the fact I'm afraid of a thing called love There's nothing in the fact that you have to First clap in ages on the pod. <laughs> I I love that one. I think that's really cool. Um, it may be afraid of a thing called love, but do not be afraid of that song because that's really good. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, I I like quite a lot of things about that one. Like uh, just one thing I want to say immediately is like uh, that starts off on like a E uh, to B pattern, but I love like halfway through that shift to like a C sharp minor to B pattern, just to like like that's the sort of unhappiness hidden underneath the happy chords i like thanks thanks yeah it was it was kind of a a thing to break it up a little bit because rather than having the verse into the chorus and then back into the verse but without words if that makes sense just kind Mm. of mix it up um and like you say i have the c sharp minor there which is the same pattern so at the beginning you're going like you rightly pointed out as e major and then for the just kind of like put a different note on the bottom and you have that much like you said much sadder sound like it's the same movement it's literally the same notes all you've done is adding one bass note but suddenly it's quite a different mood on that i like yeah definitely thank you thank you the whole thing kind of began with that riff actually because the song's an e major and playing around with the upper parts of the neck so up Mm. here i'm playing like nine 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 twelve on the D, G, B, E. So, and then just like, what can you do with that? Sort of down there to like an E major seven. And just kind of playing around with the, just sort of the major scale really. And introducing that B to a bit of tension and release. Kind of very folky in a way. I suppose like the vibe I was going for was sort of something off of rumors or something. Like, 
I could sort of see this in like a secondhand news, I don't want to know kind of vein. Yeah, that's the kind of thing. Yeah, yeah I like that as well. Uh, the artist I was actually going to mention for the bridge bit specifically was uh, Foo Fighters. Like between that C and that E, that's a very Foo Fighters kind of feel to that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's a classic example of a non-diatonic chord as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's just kind of, it's essentially, it's a sharpened fifth, but it's just mm. really cool. And I also like kind of, whenever I go to something non-diatonic, if I can, I like to sort of bridge it chromatically so that like, like I kind of go. Yes, like the very, it's it's almost like a show to you rundown, <laughs> like, da, 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 now we're down here. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it also just kind of opens up avenues for production as well. Like mm. with that, you can you know, have a drum fill, dum, 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 psh, or whatever, you know, or orchestrate it so that all the instruments are doing that or there's counterpoint or whatever. So, I mean, other than the fact that there's like that C section and there's the verse and the chorus, it's quite a simple song. And I made that decision purposefully because like I say, I was a little rusty and I was thinking, let me write a song that's a bit simpler. So I was listening to um, Transformer, the album by Lou Reed. Okay. A lot of that, because I was playing along to it on guitar, it's just so simple but effective, you know, like two or three chords, four chords maybe, hmm. and just really effective. So I wanted the verses at least to be just a couple of chords and then the choruses that, you know, tomorrow if it rains from the skies up above, you're just going A, E, C sharp minor, A, E, A. Uh, G sharp minor, C sharp minor, F sharp minor, B, E. So then it gets a little more complicated, but it's just. But even then, it's stuff. like, uh, yeah, it's just like the, uh, the other degrees of the scale. Like, it's not like using any sort of fancy jazzy chords or anything like that. Yeah, it's just major and minor chords, really. Um, and then, as far as like constructing it, what I really have tried to do this season and with this song, and I'll try to continue to do it, is really work on my lyrics. Like I was saying to you the other day, like, my goal really this this time round is to write songs about things you know <laughs> as opposed to before when you wrote a load of songs about nothing well i just i was quite vague and metaphorical which i think is You're i think a it's a musician and a songwriter so that's kind of your job but it's quite often like someone will listen to a song i've written or whatever and they'll go oh so what's it what's it about and i'll be like um well and I can't really answer that question. So what my personal little goal was like, I want to be able to answer the question. And this one is basically about being afraid of a thing called love. It's nice it and direct. <laughs> I like, uh, there's, there's no subtle imagery used in this one. <laughs> I joke, I just. And something that you mentioned quite a lot on the podcast and off the podcast as well, is just the fact that you like it when there's like a narrative shift at the end of the song. Like the chorus kind of like provides more of like a positive look going forward or like more of an optimism or something mm. and this one does that because um, the, the rest of the beginning of the song is very much like sad <laughs> distant and stuff like that hooray for sad and then I wanted something more confident and positive to kind of end it so I thought that sort of there's something to the fact that I'm back on my feet that makes me want to stand up and run like that part like just and then apparently my life's being ruled by the fact I'm afraid by a thing called love. So you're still using the same words, but with the with the previous line, it changes the meaning of it. Exactly, yeah, which uh, is always a cool technique, and I do like that. And yeah, it's kind of, I think you and I both said we're more musicians than we are songwriters, uh, poets. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so like the words are a lot more difficult for us. 
They are, yeah. So like, it's it's interesting that you've taken that as your goal. Like, I think your words are great anyway. But like, uh, to uh, try and like develop that uh, a bit more, because uh, yeah, I need to do the same. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that's really helped me with that is is doing singing lessons recently. And not only have I been like taught to sing and stuff, but my singing teacher was like, "Oh, print out your lyrics so we can bring them along." I was like, "Do what? With what? I've never printed a set of lyrics before." And what it made me do when she asked me to do that with one of my songs was I had to think of what the lyrics actually were, a finalized version, not just my scribbled draft, which is fine, but like, okay, that line doesn't work or that word doesn't work, so let me type it up. And then I found myself deleting lines and like redoing that one and doing that. Oh, that verse doesn't actually quite work in that position, so let me move it out there. So just working on the lyrics. The lyrics took about three or four times longer than the actual music did this mm. time which is as you know for me is a first usually I do them both at the same time yeah you're very much that sort of everything happens at the same moment kind of thing mm. I've came up with the melody and a lot of the lyrics but most of them like three quarters of them came afterwards the first lyric of the song you know the one that kind of lights the fire and gets you going is um, I whisper in the night tomorrow when it's light let me see a glimpse of the outside so rather than living sort of in my own comfort zone or whatever, see what's beyond that. And that was inspired by the fact that my niece was staying with, with me for the past... Oh, um, your niece. Yeah, a couple of weeks. Who doesn't like me very much. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> Earlier, of you guys listening, Declan was in the doorway and then my niece and her mum were in the living room and my niece's mum was like, when Declan came in, she said, I don't want Roger's friend to be here. <laughs> oh, dear. Like, well, Declan was right there. It's so rude. <laughs> but she was only three, though, to be fair. Yeah, that is fair. Like, kids are adorably honest, and I found it very funny. <laughs> but with that lyric, it was just like, I just heard her, you know, being put down to bed and sort of like, what do you want to do tomorrow? And that sort of lovely, innocent, childlike thing of like, Oh, I want to go to the beach or I want to go and do this or I want to, you know, let's go out somewhere or something and I just thought that was a nice, nice way to start a song as well as sort of being the metaphor for the rest of it So mm, that's, that's a very good opening set of words I, I approve you. one out of one I really like that like it's interesting you say that should be like a Fleetwood Mac thing I think that probably should be a bit poppier than that, like a bit more like upbeat's the wrong word but you know what I mean, like a bit more energy mm. into it like you think in drums, potentially on this one yeah, like uh Basically, like another Schnookum song, right? Yeah. Ooh, am I allowed to say the name? Well, of that? absolutely. But I mean, like only you and I know that reference for now. For now, yes. But when we conquer the world, <laughs> <laughs> for those of you enjoying that reverb, we're in a church basement. Yeah, we're um, religious now. <laughs> well, you may be, darling. <laughs> Um, no, no, we're just this is the place to record because it's yeah. cheap and you can have it all day long and you can make noise. Plus, you save on the reverb uh, for doing vocals and things just by shouting louder. Oh, yeah, we're doing vocals tomorrow, so yeah. that'll be good. So, before we go any further, we have some exciting news. Yes, very exciting news. The Weekly Song Podcast now has a sponsor. <gasps> we're sellouts! <laughs> We have a great sponsor. I think I speak for the both of us when I say we wouldn't just take on any sponsor just for the sake of it. This is something that is like, it just ties in so well with like the ethos of the show and everything. Yes, to be fair, that is absolutely 100% true. Uh, the sponsor for this season is Journeyman Notebooks. Yes, Journeyman Notebooks. Um, all one word, Journeyman. They make these incredible notebooks. They are faux leather bound. They 
uh, contain a mixture of plain paper um, and manuscript or tablature. So you can write music in them, you can write down your chord progressions and lyrics on the same page, and they have a little pocket in the back so you can kind of like keep extra things like a capo or whatever. Alternatively, you can just like doodle on them when you run out of ideas for lyrics. Uh, I'm looking at a brilliant picture of, that's not true, I haven't doodled, I haven't doodled in mine yet. There's this thing that like rivals the Mona Lisa here in Declan's book. <laughs> I am Leonardo, to, forgot the name. <laughs> if you're on the market for a new notebook for songwriting, for keeping notes in, for developing ideas, like we can't recommend one higher than this. Just cutting in here to let you know that if you go to my-journeyman.com, you can get 20% off of everything on the website in your basket. Put in the code WEEKLYSONG, all one word, W-E-E-K-L-Y-S-O-N-G, and you can get 20% off everything that you purchase at Journeyman. Check them out, my-journeyman.com. So yeah, definitely check out Journeyman. Stick around to the end of the show as well because we have a competition where you can win yourself a Journeyman book. Ooh. By songwriting. Okay, so stick oh. around to the end. <laughs> Can I enter? Uh, if you want, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so, my song this week. Woo! Uh, Take it off. Okay. <laughs> That's a reluctant. Okay. <laughs> if I must. Uh, so, uh, I had a bit of an interesting week in terms of instruments. So, I'm in fact playing my old small tiny guitar. Uh, which might explain the sound. Tell uh, us, won't you? What happened to your big guitar? Well, um, I'll save that for later, shall I? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it'll, it'll make a, it will make an interesting anecdote and a heavy repair bill. Uh, so the song, I, I think, is called Daydream, and it goes like this.
That was really cool. Really like that. Thank you. Yeah, that's a fantastic start to the season. That's really cool. Um, the, just the chorus line. Um, Although I'm in a waking daydream, glad I'm by your side. It's just one of those lyrics that just jumps out of you and is immediately like, oh, yeah, it's that song, Daydream, you know? Thank, thank you. This is uh, my third attempt at writing a song this week. <laughs> It's actually similar to you. I had an idea for the first song. Like I was going to keep it nice and simple, use diatonic things, make it any something anyone can play. Got a few uh, days into that, and then my guitar broke in quite a big way. It dropped from about a foot off the floor onto a uh, quite a hard floor, and the front just sort of split open. <laughs> oh, I've only seen the photo so far, but it's heartbreaking uh i i sad i very sad but uh i sort of took that as a sign from the universe that maybe that wasn't the song to be pursuing <laughs> uh also like because it was like a dreadnought size guitar i had like a couple of fun chords at the bottom like which really sounded much better when you had a bit more bass behind them mm, sure which they sound all right on this but it's like Sometimes uh, the instrument kind of dictates the direction a song goes in, doesn't it? Exactly, yeah. I mean, it's the thing of, like, picking up a guitar and thinking, like, oh, this has songs in it. Yes, yeah, definitely. Which is such a fun thing. Mm. So I had another go, which I basically listened to a load of Rihanna and Beyonce and, like, uh, loads of uh, Lady Gaga and loads of, like, female pop artists from, like, the mid-2000s to the mid-2010s. And I was going to try and write a song like uh, like that. We won't speak about that. I have made no written notes of this song. It shall not see the light of day. Oh man, what yeah. a tease. Um, so this was idea number three, which is basically just like funk on C minor. <laughs> like uh, just that riff is just playing around like a C minor chord. Then down to a F minor. And then A flat, B flat. And then that's basically it for the most part. Uh, apart from an F the chorus is F minor, C minor, E flat, A flat, mm. and then a G to finish. Which is a lovely little turnaround. Non-diatonic, of course, in a minor scale, that one. Indeed. And uh, yeah, lovely very, way very to Very muchly. So I'm guessing the guitar groove came first, right? Yeah. I was sort of wondering where to place the song in terms of tempo once I wrote the lyrics, because it started off a wee bit faster. <laughs> then it seemed to not quite fit with the subject matter so I ended up doing a much slower version like... but again that seemed a bit lethargic which was nice but also kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so we ended up at that kind of middle speed mm. so you said you it felt it didn't match the subject matter when it was slower. So presumably you had sort of lyrics in mind or a subject in mind? Well, I'd already written the song. Uh, I, oh, I, I, see, I, I see. I wrote it faster, wrote the lyrics. Mm. It didn't quite fit. Uh, played it a lot slower and it's just kind of like, now nah, this is too slow. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of putting it at that middle speed. Yeah, the lyrics are about, you know, when you just feel shattered and exhausted and like there's basically no one in the universe you want to see 
Yeah. But like there's that, that. <laughs> but there's those one or two people where if you see them and you suddenly you might not like feel immediately better, you might still be like a tired, like miserable little, you know, so and so. But like that will just make you feel better just by being around them. Yeah. Yeah. Like almost like they're recharging your batteries. Sure. Even if you're still like just so I'm just not talking right now. Like someone who just can stay there though, because I need you. <laughs> I need your company and your presence. <laughs> a rare person who can like pick you up slightly out of that funk you're in that day. Yeah, and just like give you a little bit of energy back, mm. which is it's very surface level. <laughs> like the words on that one, like uh, the verses are just like, yeah, I'm, I'm tired. I'm really tired. So tired. <laughs> And the choruses are like, stay with me though, because you're actually helping. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. <laughs> like, there's there's not an awful lot to this song. So, can, can I ask though? Like, you said um, the lyrics are about that sort of that person you see after a long, exhausting day, and they can sort of pick you up. The previous two song drafts you had were they about similar subject matters, or were they totally different? Uh, no, I didn't get so far as words properly on the first oh, okay. one. And then the second one uh, is a secret. (laughs) (laughs) It's a shameful secret I shall take to my grave. I don't think I got as far as words on that one, but it wouldn't have been like the default thing I would have been thinking of. Mm. Mm. So yeah, this was basically just, uh, it came to me when I was at work and I just wrote down the things quickly because I was feeling quite exhausted because I'd worked quite a long week Mm. and I had a fair few things to do. Uh, in fact, I have in the room with me the original receipt on which I wrote the words. Oh, that's amazing. Just how tiny is that handwriting? <laughs> it's minuscule. <laughs> I've got to say, I'm a big fan of lyrics that are sort of like found things, like a little receipt or something like that. I or mean, like a... I, work, I work in a shop uh, that I can just run the receipt printer, just get a nice big long bunch of that and start writing some words. <laughs> It, it's not a it's it's not a novel thing <laughs> well maybe from the outside yeah i haven't done any proper writing since february and no writing at all since april and we're in august now hmm. so it's a few months off and it is kind of that thing like it, it's that terrifying thing of like what if i don't remember how to write a song yeah which is stupid I've done like 140 <laughs> episodes nearly of a podcast where I write songs every week. I know I can do it. I know how to put <laughs> things together to make songs. But even then, there's that one bit at the back of your mind going like, what you forgot though? What if you have just forgotten how to use uh, a subdominant? Mm. See, my, my fear is always like, what if I've forgotten how to write something good? Like, I know I can like string together stuff fine and whatever but what if i've lost the ability to like uh, make something that makes sense or just has musical potential you know what i mean like and it's stupid because we we know that we can do this we've done it so many times but this it must be reassuring i hope for people you know who maybe are just starting out songwriting listening to this they're like oh well declan's written like you know, this is episode 136 and you've written a song for pretty much all of those weeks um, and you still get nervous that you won't be able to write. So, I mean, you know, yeah, here we are. It never, ever goes away. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, but, but 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 I would say the the thing that lets you get over it quicker is just starting. 
Yeah. Like, I, I swear, every week two of this podcast for me is easier than week one because I know I've taken my first steps. Yeah. Like, uh, we had a microcosm of this in February where we had to write 14 songs each in the space of the month. Uh, like the fact that you just had to keep going and keep writing and keep writing and then the good stuff came out eventually but it's the fact that you keep writing and you keep going yeah like you just have to have that consistency and that challenge was don't get me wrong it was hard <laughs> but it was easier than I thought because once you get started you're like okay I need 14 songs yeah my big stumbling block was when I stopped writing in the middle of the month and I got scared to start again <laughs> <laughs> hmm I wonder if this is a lesson I should take away <laughs> Oh man, um, what what I've done this week uh, is just given half an hour every day to this song, whether it was like touching up lyrics or like just trying to write or whatever it was. So that's all I could do. Mm. That's all I could do. But um, well, like for half an hour every day, that's bloody brilliant. Yeah, well, I mean, I just set a timer and usually I come up with nothing. So. <laughs> Like, I get random lunch breaks if no one else is in the room with me. <laughs> <laughs> and if they are, they've got to listen to you, right? No, I have to go down to the floor below where, like, no one... <laughs> there is nothing except the old shelving units. It sounds spooky. It is. Oh, there's some great reverb in that room. We should record the next album there. Well, I'd love to. However... <laughs> <laughs> Can we book it? <laughs> Probably not. Oh, should be able to... Have you been listening to anything specific, any albums or songs this past week? Particularly anything that influenced like the funk style? I was actually going to ask that with this song. Um, nothing that really influenced the funk style. Um, I, I just like playing like that because it's fun. It is fun. It's very fun. <laughs> I've listened to a few things recently, but one thing that sort of I rediscovered recently was Kid Cudi, um, Day and Night. Day and Night. I toss and turn, I keep stressing my mind, mind I look for peace, but see I don't attain What I need for keeps, this silly game we play Play no. Oh yeah, it's a good song, isn't it? That's a very good song, yeah. I didn't have you down as a Kid Cudi fan Um, uh, I haven't been until very... Well, I still wouldn't say I have a fan, but I've listened to that album properly now He's good, isn't he? He's like better than I thought he'd be, you know exactly, what I mean? I thought yeah. he'd be like Akon or something I'll leave that one there. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Nothing against Akon if you're listening, Akon. That's just, you know what I mean? Just that sort of like early 2000s type of thing, which just as teenage me wasn't a big fan of, put it that way. Well, kind of like there's a, well, it's psychedelic R&B basically, which is really cool. It's what? just nice to listen to. Akon? Yes, Akon. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is like that. And it's like a hell of a riff on that song. Yeah, it's really good, isn't it? And just yeah, the production on it is really nice, and I like it. It's one of those ones where, like, because it came out at a certain time and it was in the charts. I don't know if you do this, but I kind of dismiss things, and then late, years later I'll rediscover them. And be like, why? How did I dismiss this? It's really good. I know it's weird that we do that, but like, I do remember it being like a popular thing. But it's also kind of like uh, being the shy nerd. It's like some music you just automatically discount as being like. Oh, that's just popular music for Mainstream. popular people. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm going to go back to my retro things, thank you. <laughs> like, uh, sadly, this is why it took me so long to get into Arctic Monkeys, because of, like, like the sort of perception of them was like, oh, that's popular music for, like, lads, 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 lads. Right. And it's just kind of like, 
I could have spent this time listening to the albums. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I mean, on a slightly different note, I have the same thing with, with shows that are streaming and popular, right? It's like people go, oh, you've got to watch Breaking Bad or something years ago. I'm like, no, <laughs> this is too popular. Like, it's just so stupid because I've watched it since and it's like, oh, it's amazing. But of course it is. Hopefully we've matured out of this now. Yeah, but exactly. It's that thing of growing up and going like, yeah, I'm not listening to that because that's popular or like uh, things. It's just like, it's very teenage mentality, isn't it? Yeah. Like, uh, it is interesting to look back 10 years and then just go like, okay, I was aware of that. That's probably aged worse than I thought it has, but that one, oh, why did I not check that out at the time? That's, probably, mm. that's where I am with that. I've been listening to um, Lou Reed, Transformer, like I mentioned earlier. Just a perfect day Feed animals in the zoo Then later a movie too And then home Oh, it's such a perfect day Dear leading into the reverb again <laughs> uh, I mean, you've heard the album, right? Uh, yes, I have, yeah. It's so good. David Bowie produced? I must admit, I'm not that much of a fan of it. What? I don't like Lou Reed that much, I'm so sorry. But he's all, it's such a perfect day. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, it's such a perfect day. Um, no, I mean, I get it. I mean, we all have our, you know, stuff that doesn't quite gel, even though it's from that era. So yeah, that's the thing, which surprised me. I, I thought you'd like it because it's like 1972. Yes, 72. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Bowie produced, uh, Mick Ronson plays loads of stuff on it. He plays, like, more than I thought. He plays recorder, piano. He arranges strings on it. I thought he was just, like, Bowie's guitarist. But... He's a talented lad. Talented lad. Um, but, yeah. I predict a bright future for him. <laughs> you know what I've been meaning to do, actually, is check out Mick Ronson's own music or other projects he was involved with, because he seems like a really talented guy who... Never sort of like saw the limelight beyond being at Bowie's side. Yeah, they did a um, uh, like a documentary about him a few years ago, and uh, there was a soundtrack they released for it in work, and it was like it was a little surprising some of the names you saw on the side. I can't remember any of them now, but it was like I was expecting it just to be Bowie, 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 and it's just like it's not. He did turn up. There was a documentary about him. Uh, there was, yeah. I'll have to check it out. That sounds good. I'm always up after a good uh, rock documentary. Rockumentary, if you will. A rockumentary. A mockumentary rockumentary. <laughs> we have an email. An email? We have an email with a question in it. And I'm going to go and grab it. Fetch the electronic letter. Okay, so this email is from Brian K. from British Columbia, Canada. He says, Hi, Declan Roger. Ryan here. Been listening to the last season and I'm a big fan. I'm a songwriter and guitarist, and I started writing during the pandemic lockdowns. Your show has been a great learning tool for me. Thank you. Thank you. Um, anyway, I have a question for you. He says, forgive me if you've spoken about this before. How long did it take you to get good at writing? And what aspects of your songwriting made you think you'd reach that point of being a good songwriter? In other words, what are the signs of a good songwriter? Thanks for the tips and the laughs. Ryan, BC Canada. Well, thanks, Ryan. Thanks for writing in. Um, Thank you very much for asking us a very difficult question. <laughs> I was about to say that. It's not like a straightforward one, but it's interesting. Um, I mean, the main point of that question is define good. 
Yeah. <laughs> I suppose, like, for me, it was like when I was younger and first started writing myself, like, listening to other records, other songwriters who I really admire and being like, I have such a distance between me and them. And, like, listening to their record and being like, what chords are they using? So I suppose, like, learning certain chord changes and stuff was quite pivotal. What about you? I don't know. Like, um... Like, for me, uh, I'm not entirely sure I'm 100% to being a good songwriter, just because my what I consider my hit rate is not quite where I'd expect it to be. Like, uh... I imagine a good songwriter has like 75% good songs and then like 25 of which we just never see. Uh, I think my hit rate is probably somewhere around 50, 60. So I think I've still got a bit of way to go. However, that is quite clearly nonsense. Because I've, you know, like we were saying earlier, I've we've written tons. We've written tons. We've done 140 episodes of this show and we've written songs for ourselves outside of that. Like, and like when I talk to other people uh, about songwriting, I often, though not always, end up bringing up a few concepts that uh, other people don't know. But then, mm. like, that's also kind of a bit of a logical fallacy because, like, uh, like we're saying, oh, we've written uh, like 140 songs at least for the show, um, and not. Uh, not all of them have been good because you know a lot of averages yeah and exactly then, yeah and then I uh, there's a friend of mine called Jenny who's written I think less than 10 songs but they've all been great and it's like how dare you <laughs> quite frankly <laughs> she's gotten to that point too quickly <laughs> yeah you have to struggle first <laughs> yeah um, where are your bad songs if you've written 10 great ones <laughs> uh, it's it is that weird thing like you can only really do it by your own self-judgment um i think it is just like knowing what music you like and whether you can write it essentially mm. and it is kind of weird like i might say something about liking your own songs but then like there are songs that i think are absolutely terrible this happy room uh, a couple of seasons ago mm. i don't like that song very much but a couple of people have come up to me and said oh that one's really good and she's mm. like really <laughs> <laughs> well that's the thing once you write it it's not like other people can have their opinions about it and maybe like you go off it over a while and um other people start to like it yeah like these things fluctuate over time like uh, there are songs that i thought were absolutely great and i put them on my album and then like a couple of years later it's just like I'm not fond of at least this one anymore <laughs> I won't say which song that is but like a, it is kind of a, just a weird thing I, I, I don't know how to answer the question to be honest I suppose to like reframe it slightly like how do you get good if you think of good as just being sort of like prolific and maybe sort of like expanding your horizons as a songwriter and sort of like using new chords new lyrical themes new perspectives and stuff like that I think how to do that is just to write consistently. Maybe, maybe try writing a song every single week for, I don't know, a month or three months or 90 days or whatever, you know? I think what you're saying about the law of averages has a lot to do with it, where I'd say that if you write 100 songs and 60 of them you're not so keen on and 40 of them you love, I think well, you're a success. Well, fantastic, you've got 40 great songs. Exactly, exactly, yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't, like, I think that's the thing, is like not having that fear of like, 
oh, I'm going to write and it's not going to be very good. Like, you know, there's that thing, like, if you want to be a writer, write. Yeah. Like, just sit down every day or every time you get a chance. Do and, the thing and... that you want to do. Yeah, definitely. Think... Uh, as, as we've said so many times, having a deadline helps so much and an accountability partner where you're like, you need a song by Sunday and so do I. <laughs> you yeah. know, I think that helps a lot. I think also a thing to, like, uh, think about is, like, just learning songs as well. Yeah. Like from other artists, like if you like a little bit of song and you want to learn how that works, and you'll be surprised how many tricks like keep popping up over mm. the course once you start like looking into them, like how many little tricks pop up across all songs ever. And just also like, I think, I, I don't know if you ever had this, but like uh, when you started writing and started creating and thinking like, yeah, I'm going to have my own unique sound and I'm going to be like the most original person ever. It's just like, no, you're not. <laughs> like, don't be afraid to just write something that sounds like uh, something else because, you know, you're never going to avoid it. Like, mm. don't try and copy, obviously, but like... Own your influences. Exactly, yeah. I, I heard this thing a while back. Own like, your influences, don't be owned by them. I like it, I like it. I mean, I heard this thing a while back that's like, Rather than like having three bands that you're totally obsessed with and writing songs like those three bands, expand that out to like which ten artists do you like, and just take a little bit from all of those because you know you're never going to be a hundred percent original if you're a fan of music and then you write some music. It's going to be influenced by the things you listen to, but hmm. which nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and, and there's something to be said as well, kind of like you were just hitting on, like. Like, don't steal, but, like, if you like Beatles tracks and how their chords sound, you're like, oh, that sounds great. Like, Learn them, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, and then, like you said, you'll start to see patterns. And um, one of the greatest, most exciting things for me is, like, just hearing a song and being like, what's that chord, chord change they just did? I was listening to After Hours by, Velvet Under, by the Velvet Underground a little while ago. There's this bridge change. And I was like, what is that? It's like this old jazz turnaround thing. And I just had to pick up the guitar and it's learn it. It's that moment where it perks up your ears and you're just like, mm? right, I get feet to an instrument. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that might be a title. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I like it. Um, I feel like we've been kind of vague and like all over the place with the answer, but hopefully that helps a little bit. But like the key thing to getting what makes you get good as a songwriter is just writing a load of songs. Like, I think we've done very early on, we did an episode where we brought in our first ones. And, like... Oh, yeah. Like, it is amazing, like, looking back at them and thinking, like, I really thought this was good. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, I really thought that, you know, these words were special. But, like, the thing is, we've written so many now mm. that we've just learned. Mm. Like, you don't learn how to ride a bike by, like, getting on it once, falling off, and then declaring that bike riding <laughs> is not for you. That's a like, really good way of putting it, yeah. Like, you've, it's a skill you've got to practice. Yeah, you've got to fall off again and again and again. And eventually you'll learn how to balance, and you might have a couple of scraped knees, but that's fine. Um, it builds character, lad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ryan. <laughs> no, joking. Uh, that was actually a really good question. Yeah, it's just for the fact that we had difficulty answering it. <laughs> so earlier in the episode, we mentioned that we have a new sponsor, our first sponsor, Journeyman. Our first sponsor. Journeyman Notebooks, and they make these fantastic manuscript tablature books where you can write your lyrics and your chords and everything. I haven't seen another book like these. And what we're doing uh, for this season of the podcast is we're giving away one of these books. You can win one. Exactly. And the way you win one is you have to write a song. Who'd have guessed? <laughs> But 
Declan, what do they have to do? What kind of song? Well, it has to be a song that contains the word journal. Okay, so the word journal. And uh, when do they have to get it in by? Uh, they have to get that into us by Monday the 12th. Uh, we shall be announcing the winner on the last uh, episode of the season. Monday the 12th of September this year. This and, year. Uh, <laughs> if you're listening in a past year, how? And if you're listening in a future year, it sucks to be you, I guess. So you write a song with the word journal in it by September 12th and email it to the show. That's weeklysongpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, tell us you want to win the Journeyman book. Um, include your lyrics if you want. Tell us a little bit about the song. And we will play the song on the podcast. And best song wins. Yes. Go. Go. Stop <laughs> writing. Stop listening and start writing. Actually, no, keep listening to the end of the episode because we're very nearly there. But like after that, start writing. <laughs> and that is about it for this episode of the Weekly Song Podcast. Thank you all very much for listening. This is my first time doing the outro. <laughs> <laughs> It's not so easy, is it? (laughs) Yeah, thank you all so much for listening. If you want to follow the podcast, you can on YouTube. Just search Weekly Song Podcast. You can follow us on Facebook. We got a Facebook fan page, Weekly Song Podcast, at Weekly Song Podcast on Instagram, where you'll be able to see um, some postings from our journey, man. Books, little bits about sort of us writing and things like that. Uh, We're going to try and be a bit more um, consistent with that. Um, If you want to email the show, as I said before, with your uh, journeyman. Uh, song containing a word journal um, email that to us or anything else any other comments questions or anything like that to weeklysongpodcast at gmail.com and Declan uh, where can they find your music online um, you can find it on Bandcamp where I earn money from music or you can find it on Spotify Tidal or I don't uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty much yeah. <laughs> on all the other places I have in the uh, time between seasons uh, uploaded an EP of four songs that I recorded with Roger in an old shed uh, at home uh, I think once you find it online the title should be quite self-explanatory hmm and you've got an event coming up, right? Yes, I have, yes. So, my friend Fletcher James, who's been on the podcast before, is releasing his album on the 19th of August. And uh, he is holding a little launch party for it at uh, the Cloak and Dagger in Bristol. And I'm going to be playing support. So that's 8 o'clock, Cloak and Dagger, Bristol. Come down to that. It's going to be amazing. Get to hear the full album. And you get uh, a little set by me and a little set by Matthew James Banks, who's also amazing. And uh, then we're going to have a bit of a dance and a boogie. And it's all going to be fun. And it's free as well. So you've got no excuse unless you don't live in Bristol. But even then, like, come on. Just a quick editor's note here. That event at the Cloak and Dagger for Fletcher James's album release party is tonight. Um, if you're listening to this at time of release... Today is uh, Friday the 19th, and that is 8 o'clock at the Cloak and Dagger. Get down there and uh, have a good time if you're around Bristol. All right. Um, bye. <laughs> Come on. This is not to be missed. Cloak and Dagger is an amazing atmosphere. Fletcher James is a fantastic musician. You're a fantastic musician. I can only imagine the other guy's great as well. Yes, It's a good lineup. Is. Check it out. Bristol people and, and people the in the area. Really good Get along well. there. I've, uh, I've got to hear it. It's really, really good. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, as for me, you can find my stuff on Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, all the rest of it, and Bandcamp, as Declan said, which is the preferable thing for indie musicians because then you get some money to make more music. Yes, you get like £1.50 through instead of point not one of a penny, <laughs> and you can buy a packet of biscuits and think, music's paying for itself. <laughs> I will say as well, um, 
I said at the beginning, and we said at the beginning, we're recording an album together, Declan and I. Uh, the project is called Schnookums. Because why have a band name that people can Google? <laughs> and uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Schnookums Music, which is S-C-H-N-O-O-K-U-M-S-M-U-S-I-C. Um, uh, I think we're Schnookums Band. Damn it. <laughs> okay, so that's <laughs> that's S C H N double O K U M S B A N D on Instagram. Give us a follow with, with a dot between the schnookums and the back. Oh my god! <laughs> so <laughs> I've got it in front of me. The spelling is S C H N double O K U M S full stop B A N D. And that's the name. <laughs> My goodness, we're going to have to explain this a lot oh, man. to some people. Although we don't post anything, we've already got nine followers. Well, we've only just begun. We've only we just begun, begun to post things <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness we need some sleep <laughs> I think that's probably a good place to call it yeah. um, oh, we'll see you next time and we probably won't be live but it, I must say it's been a lot of fun doing yes, this live yes I've enjoyed it oh. alright thank you all so much for listening catch you next week Tara. Tara. weekly song is the code for 20% off anything on the website why did I stand up? <laughs> <laughs> that has to be on the end. <laughs>